Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this. We're so excited about this. Episode number 324 of The Material Podcast. I am Andy Anatko. And I am Florence Ion. Oh, what is Isn't it? it what does it mean? Are we doing numerology? Are we doing uh, uh, pop culture references? <laughs> what is it? What no. does 324 stand for? I'll tell you. It's Thursday, and wow. both of us are alive, relatively healthy, and relatively <sighs> safe. Isn't that something to be thankful about? Wow. Wow. You made wow, you made me look. <laughs> <laughs> you made me look, and you made me have gratitude for life. How dare I'm sorry you? I didn't mean to. <laughs> I'm trying to sit over here and continue being brooding. No, see, no. this is this is this is what like uh, twelve hours of sleep will do for my attitude, because we we are apologies everybody we are recording one day late, and that was my fault because uh, let let me let me let me tell you uh, you don't uh, you can't see this but Flo sees the stepladder right behind me uh, in my yeah office. I didn't want to say anything yeah but you know because. Uh, there has been workmen outside all week, like replacing the, I don't know, Carter era, perhaps Reagan era storm windows with brand new, wonderful new storm windows. However, these work people are real up and at them go-getters who are like seventh. I, I, I've been up. I've been so excited about installing these storm windows. I've been up since 430. I can't wait anymore. I know it's 7.30, but I am definitely going to start putting up those storm windows outside Andy's office right now. And so it's been a week of hammering and sawing and occasionally really dramatic broken glass sound effects, like right from like a BBC radio play. And also they're they're on a scissors. (laughs) They they have a scissors lift that every time it's in operation goes eek, eek, eek. And so I've been woken up very, very early, like all week long. Last night, I've, I've been, but I've been, I've been doing okay. I thought. And last night, I'm, I'm trying to get the show doc done because we're going to record at our now usual recording time, uh, Wednesday at eleven, uh, eleven at night. And I'm like, if <laughs> you ever have this the, that situation where like there is a custodian part of your personality that like requests like a meeting. And says that, okay, we're okay now, um, but I'm not sure we have enough heating oil in the furnace to get us through both the production of this show doc and then the recording of the show oh, itself. Oh, you mean, you mean mental, mental oil. We feel as though there's going to be a splashdown event, involuntary shutdown around 11.10. And until then, the quality of the work is not going to be very good. Uh, and so I asked Flo, okay, is it okay if we record tomorrow? Like at nine at 9.50 p.m., she said, oh, yes, absolutely, sure. No, no, go get some sleep. And at 9, I, I, I kid you not, at 9.53, I was dead asleep, slept for 12 hours straight, and suddenly it's like, oh, now I understand. I'm actually competent at the things that I do because look at me doing things competently. It also doesn't hurt that they finished doing the windows yesterday, and so there was no noise of any kind. So yes, that's why I'm saying sleep is a really good thing. You need to have sleep. It's it's not oh. an optional thing. It was when I was in my 20s. I, it's taking me decades now to realize that that was just my body not knowing how to make a threat and stick to it. 
Uh, now it can say again, say, I just want you to know that you will be asleep in two hours and 20 minutes. Um, if you want to be at your computer in front of a Skype channel in front of flow, when that happens, that's fine, but that's not going to change the fact that you are going to be dead asleep in two hours and 20 minutes. That would have not been fun for me. Um, but I will say, speaking of sleep, I feel like this is a good segue because I wanted to tell you that I've been sleeping with my Galaxy Buds 2 pretty much every <laughs> night since we talked about it last week. I'm No, I'm honestly astonished. Yeah. This is why I'm bringing it to you because I have woken up. A couple of times I woke up. I started to wake up later and later with them in my ear. At one point, I had woken up at like 4.30 in the morning, and I'm like, oh, oh, there's oh, the buds are still in my ear. But of course, I don't realize that because they're quiet because they went to sleep. But I'm just <laughs> – I guess I'm just musing over how freaking comfortable these things are. That's good. So yeah. if anybody out there is wondering. Also, uh, I put this case on it right before we started um, oh. recording. <laughs> I, put, I got a little Kirby silicone case. <laughs> and I'm sorry to say I got it off Amazon, but I had to buy decorations for the baptism. <laughs> so I added this to my cart. I couldn't help it. Yeah. And um, it's already falling off. But you know what? <laughs> Worth a novelty. In the meantime, it's making you very, very happy. Precisely. What's making you happy this week, Andy? I want to hear. Is there anything in particular besides sleeping? Two things. Two things have finally worked out. One that I was hoping would work out was that new uh, Google Nest battery doorbell that I put in last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Worked out great. I, I decided to keep all of the features turned on like for the first like five days just so I could see what's the battery life like, what do these features right. work like, and they work really great. That's that's something it it really does tick a few boxes that I thought like the Ring doorbell and other doorbells that I've tried don't don't really uh, don't really handle. Like it is great to get a you get a notification on your on your phone. That's great, and the and the the Ring doorbell. Hey, there's something s- sort of moving somewhere within the field of view of this camera. That's not unhelpful, but this one will say, "Hey, there is a package on your doorstep right now." Uh, Do you and, have a smart display? Yes, you're using it with a smart display. I'm using it with everything, but also with the smart display. Yeah. Okay, so you are getting the chimes, quote unquote, through the assistant yes and you okay. in the configurator you do say like what smart if if you got a bunch of smart speakers it'll say well what do you want what speakers do you oh, want yeah, to that's activate right. when this happens uh, listen i i pushed through that setup so quickly because i was like yep got it uh-huh <laughs> uh-huh this is great wow so easy yeah <laughs> that's what i kind of did so yeah i forgot about that part but anyway uh do go on please yeah but no but it, it see that that's what makes it like more useful than just oh motion detected it's like uh, so you you could conceivably just map out here is here is the area of the view of the the camera view that is my driveway only notify me about things happening there and it'll say oh a car has pulled into the driveway it it's not so sophisticated that it can say it appears to be an american made fleet style car in a drab color could okay. be johnny law you might want to use the back <laughs> exit in the I- meantime <laughs> i will lock and bolt the front door using your smart smart door lock but it, um, but it's up there. Um, to be yeah. to be fair, I will say that in in my experience, it started to notice a couple times. It thought Mona was an animal. Hmm. I think just because of her short stature, but also <laughs> constantly thinks that either her stroller or just like whatever 
box she's playing with outside or like toy. It thinks it's a package because this thing is in the backyard. <laughs> so it's actually, I'm just kind of using it to now look over the backyard and look for critters, quote unquote entrance. Yeah. And I was thinking, why not see if it'll capture critters? Uh, didn't capture the cat that left a present <clears throat> at my doorstep the other night uh, because it doesn't, it doesn't, mm. I don't know. It just didn't catch it. Can I can I ask from which end did it deposit the presence? Such as was it? Hey, wow! What a great cool bird I just killed. I know who would love to have this bird because it I love the, this person. It was that one. It was okay, that good. one, but a different That's animal. Better. Yeah. I mean, so, it's, it's still disturbing, but it's still it came from a place of love. And I'm just surprised there instincts. are cats up here because there's so many coyotes. That <laughs> anyway, I'm really sorry for anybody that I just traumatized by bringing up like it's. I, <laughs> Sorry, Andy. No, it's good. Again, I it's interrupted. But I, but, but I did, but can, again, but, but the AI, can, I have to you say. Can, not perfect. You can help me out. Uh, so there are only a couple things that I kind of didn't like about it. Oh, by the way, one thing that was curious is one of the reasons why this was a good, I was waiting for this. Uh, I couldn't use the the wired version because, like, in my building, there is no, like, wired doorbell right. on my front door. So, it turns, so uh, again, I wanted to make sure at first I'm going to keep Every feature turned on. So anytime there's movement, it's going to start recording. It's going to try to identify what's going on uh, morning, noon, and night. And again, I'm in like a, a, a building where almost everybody has to pass by my front door uh, when they're trying to get to their places. So, oh, by the way, I did I did do the polite thing. Uh, when I set it up, I, I texted everybody saying, okay, by the way, I've just put up the smart doorbell. And it's gonna, the motion sensor camera is going to be on for a few days. Uh, and if you got a privacy issue, let me know and we'll work it out. And then like after five days, I felt like I got enough data on battery life and how well it works. And I sent another sudden message. Oh, thank you so much for putting up with this. I learned everything I need to learn. I've now turned off everything except neighbor. for like it will only activate automatically when someone rings the doorbell. Um, but this is but this is where you can help me out. Is it supposed to be that awkward to like action perform an action or a reaction when someone rings the doorbell the only thing that i'm finding inconvenient is that when someone rings the bell uh i want like a full i want like a full screen thing on my phone that says here is a big fat button that says push this to like turn on the microphone and say something right. to the person at the door whereas i get a polite little notification and if i pull it down and like unroll it i can see the live view from it and uh, i just I, I i feel as though it would be easier to use than that and it ain't that is such a great observation andy and i also really like the solution that you provided because i didn't think about that solution that would be way better than the way they're doing it now i have a slight supposition that it has to do with the fact that they're migrating to the google home app to do yeah. all the notifications now because I don't know. I just didn't feel this finickiness. I didn't feel like I was tripping over everything to get to the preview when I was using the Nest app for the security cameras versus mm. the Google Home app. And I kind of noted this because I just this week I published the Nest Cam review, so the other camera on Gizmodo. And so I finally got to really check out to see how those notifications work. And it's such a mess. It's <laughs> such a mess having both the old cameras and the new ones in the same household, still in use, still in quote unquote surveillance. I hate that word, but yes, it's what it is. Um, it's extremely awkward. And 
But I really like the solution you presented. That yeah. would be like you can already do that in Android where you can go in and say, hey, you can uh, overlay on top of everything as a notification, right. you know, give it that permission. And I would say, like, give us the option to do that. I would love to just if when somebody rings my doorbell, by the time I look over at a smart display to see what the preview is, it would be <laughs> nice to just have it down on my phone, lock yeah. screen or not, maybe behind the lock screen. Would There's another cool. thing that I wish that wish it did that I only only occurred to me after I turned off like most of the motion detection features that um, it has a uh, there are two lights on the on the doorbell. One is like a green light on top of the camera right. that tells you, oh, by the way, the light, the camera is on and is being accessed. Also, the big friendly like inch, inch and a half in diameter round button at the bottom has like an illuminated ring around it uh, that uh, that, which is handy because uh, I liked it when all those features were on because when the camera is activated because someone it's again, it's been told, by the way, if there's somebody approaching automatically turn on the camera, it will also automatically like give this friendly sort of like glow around that button, uh, the doorbell button mm-hmm. saying, oh, by the way, I'm a doorbell. Push, Push this. Me. Right. Uh, but if you turn all those other things off then that remains dark until it's pushed. And I really wish that there were, I really wish that there were a way that I could tell it, use your, use your, your, your infrared, like use motion detection, detection, not to turn on the camera, but when you sense somebody approaching, just illuminate that little ring, because I really, with, without that, that light ring, I could imagine somebody, uh, if they're not familiar with what the the Nest doorbell looks like, maybe twigging that, oh, I bet this is a doorbell. But the thing is, the big black circle on the top of it, it looks more inviting as something that I should put my greasy thumb on when actually that's the camera. So I just feel like, wow, you have this really cool white ring. Why don't you just sense motion and just illuminate it again saying, hello, friend. I'm not I'm not sure if you're welcome, but you're certainly welcome to ring the doorbell. Um, I feel like it should change colors depending on the season. <laughs> a little red and green for Christmas, a little, you know, uh, black and orange for Halloween or something akin to that. You know, just I feel like that is very that is a way to become an inviting doorbell, <laughs> similar to the uh, covers that you can get for, you know, make it look like a pineapple. Yeah. I think we talked about that last week. I'm obsessed with that idea. <laughs> It's it's nice. <laughs> ring is it. definitely the thing that people tend to uh, the ring doorbell is the one that people tend to recognize as a smart infiltrative camera device. But infiltrate is correct. Wait, what is what is it that they called the uh the enforcer? Isn't that what they call the, the no, cars? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot what they call them. <laughs> uh anyway, the I'm tr- listen, I'm trying I'm trying to make a metaphor about the cops, ah, all right? Because of the whole you know, police, no. buddy, buddy. On 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 better news. So I, the other good news is that I finally have you have you ever been dealing with a piece of technology and feeling really really stupid because you're like there is no way that my hundred and fifty dollar Nvidia Shield doesn't have a screensaver mode that will let me display like a photo album from Google Photos. It's running Google Android TV. And it's all it's a and they do so many other things really really well. It's just not possible that this is not a feature that it supports. And yet I've had this thing for three or four years, and have not figured out how to do it, or had not figured out how to do it. Meanwhile, particularly this year, um, I've been I've been more actively curating my 
uh, my Google Photos album of like fine artworks that I've like uh, that I've downloaded from here and there. And now that that's on my smart display on the bedside, yes, I've seen your I re- Instagram. I really, yes. really enjoy it. And now I'm like, <laughs> but I want it on this big 60 inch beautiful screen. Like, I want it to be like picture picture at Mister Rogers' house, you know. And like, so I'm so I finally get into this this mode of not desperation, mm. but all right, damn it, we're gonna we're gonna solve this problem. I bet that I can go to the to the Play Store and download some sort of Android TV screensaver app that will do that. And didn't find it, but in the midst of searching mm. for a good app like that, I discovered how to do it on the Nvidia Shield without adding anything new. And stupid, uh, stupid me. The reason why I've been failing to do this is because I would assume that you go into the NVIDIA Shield's like setup uh, uh, configuration pages and look for, oh, look, here's a section for screensaver. There should be an option under screensaver for, hey, use a photo album or use this folder of pictures that's on the NVIDIA Shield itself. No go. Turns out that, of course, the most logical thing to do is to open up the Google Home app on your phone <laughs> select the options for the nvidia shield as a chromecast device and there you can say oh by the way this video chromecast device should use the following yeah are you kidding me i am not kidding you that doesn't make any sense to it does not make any sense I mean, I, I would understand if it worked both ways. Oh, now I'm extremely curious to go into my Google Home. I'm afraid to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I'm in the, I'm in the sort of mindset where my my pleasure at finally getting this thing working <laughs> is almost completely offset by how upset I am that I would have probably gone another two years easy not looking inside the Google Home app when I would when you've got this essentially a desktop computer attached to the TV that has its own user interface. <sighs> It's like, uh, that makes sense. You know what I can. And I, okay. So first of all, can I also just say, don't call yourself stupid or saying that you (laughs) feel stupid. You know, it's, you can feel silly. You can feel, you could feel, uh, I don't know, uh, empty. (laughs) I don't know. That's what came to mind. You can feel something else negative. But the reason I say that is because, yeah, as you were saying, especially the NVIDIA Shield, because it is very much like a set-top box kind of right. situation. At least with the Chromecast, I can understand why I would have that inclination to go to the Google Home app and take care of that. But yeah, on Android TV, hello apps, right? That's the <laughs> that's the link that you make in your mind. So hmm, it looks oh, like well. we've had a lot of UI woes in today's, in our uh, <laughs> chat for this episode, because I just feel... But this is good, though, because this this is why... This is why we talk about these things. Yes, exactly. I feel I feel better. I hope that people out there feel better that it's not you, it's not me. It's some engineering team or some product product manager project manager who only sees things through <laughs> like this one lens that they operate through which is, oh, well of course. That's the we remember we had all those meetings and those retreats deciding that the Google Home app is going to be your hub for all of your Google compatible hardware accessories. Why would anybody look anywhere else for it? And then you need to have someone coming up absolutely dead cold and with no prior information or no prior dogma and say, just why don't you just watch and see where this young his name is Andy Icknock something and just let's just let's just see we've given him an envelope that says just change the screensaver to anything on google photos let's see how long it takes him to figure it out 
Well, uh, before we go to well. uh, our break, we need to let you know about something great that's going on this month. Uh, yes. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and this is going to be the third year in the, in a row that Relay FM is going to be supporting the life-saving mission of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Uh, and again, it's like a it's like a telethon. Only you never have to hear Jerry Lewis sing anything or yell at stage crew or anything like that. No, um, no. We have lots of lots of special things are happening all across Relay. Dot fm uh and you can donate at uh, go to stjude.org slash relay stjude.org slash relay for this campaign and here's something i've been following very very closely uh, for every 500 dollars aggregated that gets donated every time another 500 dollars mark is reached on the old thermometer uh mike and steven are going to be doing shenanigans but what they're doing is they're putting stickers of each other's faces on their what once were really beautiful like a grown-up furniture stand-up desks <laughs> And they keep Good posting furniture is a good way. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about something. Oh, I went to IKEA and I got I got an idea off of IKEA hacks, or oh, this was a great desk in 1973 when my parents bought it, and now like it's mine. I'm talking about they they were beautiful, beautiful desks, and now it is. It was just like used to be a line of stickers on one edge, and now it's just stickers on top of stickers on top of stickers. It's it's like pattern disruptive paint they used to put on like battleships so that spotters could not figure out what the shape of this object was. It's a really good comparison. Yeah. And can I also add, by the way, that so far we've raised enough money that in the last three years since we've been doing this big fundraiser for St. Jude's, we've surpassed a million dollars in raised yeah. funds, which is like... Yep. That's can I, so can awesome. I say that it's and like you, I'm speaking to you, the listeners collectively, you've surpassed this amount of money. We've some of us have donated because it's such a great great cause. Mostly mm-hmm. we mostly our contribution is encouraging you nice folks to donate mm-hmm. money and sort of be a false force multiplier. And it's kind of mind blowing that uh, a podcast network that isn't owned by CBS or Disney can raise that amount of money. Uh, for such an unambiguously great mm-hmm. cause. Uh, this is all leading up to the big Relay FM podcast-a-thon for St. Jude, which is going to be happening on September 17th from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's going to feature... Now, that does that is going to be somewhat similar to the Jerry Lewis Telethon in that you'll have <laughs> people no like us coming on from time to time and providing entertainment and We're content. We're way better than Jerry Lewis. All right, uh, and we're talking about the well, hosts not in, here not in, in Real Life. Of, not, not in terms of versatility. I mean, at what <laughs> at what point he, in the '60s he had the number one album, the number one movie, and the number one TV show, and the number one stage act at the same time? I could probably only do two of those uh, at fair. one time. However, again, I don't think any of us are nearly as mean spirited deep deep down as Jerry Lewis, God bless his soul, uh, actually was. Uh, you can't blame all of that on the Percocet. Okay, we don't. Drug addiction is a disease. It's not a moral failing, but he definitely had his issues. Well, we're getting away from the topic 
Again, please support this wonderful, wonderful cause. Go to stjude.org slash relay. Uh, so please st- stick with us after this message. We're going to be spending some time uh, visiting the amazing not-too-distant future of October 2021 because we got news about Android 12, actual news, uh, and the Pixel 6. Uh, Reuters has brought us some stories from inside Google's ethical AI panels. Really, really cool stuff. I was very, very happy to read about this stuff. And uh, if how I remember my dad used to react to how much time my sisters used to spend in the shower, as any indication, he would have hated the way that Google is using water in the communicates in the the communities in which it operates. Uh, But they have promised that they have seen the light and they're going to do better. But we're going to be talking all about that after this friendly message. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if customers couldn't click that buy button or fill out a trial form? You might stumble across the problem by luck, but that means you've already lost out on new customers. You need something to tell you everything is running smoothly on your site, and more importantly, when it isn't. You need Pingdom. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. And for as low as $10 a month, Pingdom helps you keep your sites online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company. You need real-time alerts about critical website issues and customization of how you're alerted, whether it's via SMS, email, or your team's collaboration apps. Paintum even tracks and analyzes your website's load time so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a website, you need Pingdom. Take charge of monitoring your site in minutes. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use our code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and RelayFM. Well, uh, Android 12 is imminent. The like the storm clouds are on the horizon. And Can I just or- say something? Yes. You know what else is imminent, Andy? My wedding anniversary. <sighs> Do you know that since I got married, Google's had an event <laughs> around my <laughs> wedding anniversary every year since I got put wedding. It's my fifth year this year. Can I just tell you? I have planned nothing. <laughs> but you know what I have planned for, Andy? This exact thing that we're about to talk about. I haven't planned at all. I'm going to celebrate five years of matrimonial bliss between my husband and I. No. <laughs> but I've already thought about my content plan. For <laughs> Happy anniversary, honey. Here is a Google Canvas bag that you might imagine might have once held a press uh, loaner phone and materials. But I swear... I went on Etsy. I commissioned a sewer to make this for you because I know how much you like both lunch and Google. Oh, no. I'm, I'm We've been laughing. I'm red. You've seen through that tissue of lies, haven't you? I'm red because I totally have possibly <laughs> maybe regifted a couple of things to my husband that I possibly maybe like. <laughs> anyway. Okay. You, 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 gave him, you gave him a beautiful daughter. Okay, you're exactly. he's going to spend the rest of his life trying to exactly. come up with something exactly. one one hundredth. Uh, okay, exactly. but uh, so right. Android Android twelve, we know that's that it's been coming. However, now we know that the official launch, the official release to users, is now quote just a few weeks away. 
unquote. This is like, according to yeah. what I regard as an unusually bouncy update uh, to the Android developers blog. Uh, Google made the declaration. You mean like in tone? It was just, you know, I'm, I'm used to other like Apple developer, like the, Apple definitely has a more hostile relationship with its developers. So it's like, we are going to be, this is the final release candidate for the next version of iOS. If you have not tested your apps against this, you will soon not have enough time to test them. And furthermore, if you think we're going to approve your app update unless you are in full support of the following 19 features, yes, whether or not they have anything to do with the utility of your app, you have another think coming. Whereas Google is, hey, we're just a few weeks away from the official release of Android 12! Exclamation mark. Um, And uh, lest you think that there might be some wiggle room there, uh, they describe the the beta uh, as the the final beta, but also they described it, the the beta they released yesterday, as final. So this is is said to be an actual formal release candidate. Um, Final, okay. Well, you know, if they, if they find that like people's fingernails start dropping off uh, after they start testing it, they might hold back for like a dot one release. You I know, know, I just you never know. Uh, but they okay. did say that that uh, they described it to developers as one hundred percent complete for the purposes of developers who need to test their apps against uh, the shipping version okay. of Android twelve. So the idea being that if the, if your app works with this and doesn't throw up any hissy fits, then it will definitely work with whatever uh, lands in the hands of Joe, Jane, and et cetera, public. Um, the posts, and I thought this me. was kind of interesting, that uh, urges developers to test a group of new Android 12 features in particular. Uh, they called out uh, a host of uh, Android 12's new privacy-oriented features, uh, including the brand-new privacy dashboard in, in settings, mm-hmm. and there are also new toggles and indicators for access mm-hmm. to the, the uh, microphone and camera so the user knows what's being used and be able to defeat that sort of stuff. There is uh, Android 12 now has new splash screen animation that accompanies app launches. Um, there's also... Uh, I remember this is was interesting because I remember the brouhaha. This is one of the first big uh, public... Uh, <laughs> public uh, tantrums that Steve Jobs uh, threw about uh, about Android. I think uh, they've Android 12 has a change to the s- uh, system wide visual list scrolling effect. Like you know how when you scroll, 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 and you get to the very top or the very, very bottom, there's sort of like a flashing effect. Well, that's because originally it was sort of like a bounce effect, and Apple said, "Hey, hey." We we have the scrolling end of this bounce effect. You are just stealing all of our ideas, oh. and we are not going to stand for it. And they said, "Fine, we'll do something." I just saw that bounce effect in my head, though—the one that the Apple one you're talking about, yeah, because that was prominent even from. Ugh. And it was God. and it was actually the invention Pedantics. of an iOS developer who uh, put it into a Twitter client, if I remember. Uh, but so they're saying, make sure that so it doesn't it, it, the fact the fact that they're singling out some of these things kind of makes me think that. Um, maybe they've made some extra changes to them and they just want to make sure that these features absolutely are bulletproof or maybe because particularly with the privacy features, they are 
promoting the heck out of these out of this to sort of counter the impression of android as oh well we just steal all your data which is true but they they still want to counter that impression so they want to make sure all that stuff really really works um, if you have been using previous betas there aren't going to be any real surprises the only real surprise that i encountered reading through all of the rundowns of this was surprising uh, and disappointing um, this hooks in nicely with you might be wondering what the official Android 12 hidden super super secret wacky Easter egg is going to be. Uh, this is actually something that I do look forward to because remember one time we got this really cute uh, uh, kitty that if you activate the Easter egg, this kitty was now living on your phone and, you know, would go to sleep and was adorable. And another time there right. was like a hidden game that was fun to play. Uh, so you'll be excited to know that uh, there is an Easter egg in Android 12. Uh, and according to this, the, the latest changes in this latest release, uh, if you activate the Easter egg, you get a widget that will show you the current system palette. Nutty. I mean, okay, that's, I mean, so that's what we thought. That's what ooh, so, okay, we thought the Easter egg was supposed to be the manifestation of like the hues that it had picked out for you in Material U. I guess this just officially confirms it. It is like a cool way to make like a little wallpaper or whatever. But okay, so this widget just basically gives you the uh, the color codes so you could design a website around it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> well, maybe maybe it's for, you know, if you want to uh, take a launcher and do some color matching. This color is, this matching. Is, this is what happens when... Like you pick out a restaurant for the group and you didn't realize that it was a vegetarian restaurant and you're really trying to put a brave face on it for everybody. There's nothing wrong with vegetarian restaurants. I'm just saying that if like eight people trusted me to pick the restaurant and I know that some of them are thinking, oh, I could really use a BLT and I'm not talking about like a soy BLT. I'm talking about suffering of animals involved in it to make something tasty that's oh boy i hope that i hope that when we do get the final final like official release it'll be like okay yes you can get you will get this widget that has screens of color swatches but if you leave it alone for like 30 seconds suddenly like the swatches start like illuminating and pulsating like the dance floor in saturday night fever and like little android widgets dressed up like like John Travolta start coming in from the edges of the screen, start dancing. Saturday That's Night Fever easy. without the sad parts. The Just PG version, I, I should point out, yes. Yes. Remember that the, when the rated R version was very, very popular, they decided to cut it to, into a PG, uh, more kid-friendly version. And this, see, th- there are two movies that are kind of like that. People forget <laughs> that... Uh, the rated the original version of Saturday Night Fever and the original version of Animal House are really not something that you want to rent for. Like, oh, here's the oh, good we're, to know about Animal we, House. I've never seen that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's uh, apart from apart from the cuts that they made to make the PG version, it still gets more problematic with each passing year. But I I will say I, I promise this wasn't me. I only heard about this later on, like my parents used to rent like a house on the Cape for a couple of weeks every summer as sort of an open house for like all the kids and the grandkids. And one of my sisters rented Animal House, thinking that it was going to be a fun comedy for 
like the grandkids who were like ages 10 to like 15 or 16 forgetting that this sounds bad it's like the in, in the uncut version the very first minute there's the appearance of a prop that is like okay how about static how about a blue screen why don't we have everybody look at the blue screen and forget that <laughs> this horrible thing just happened i'll give each one of you eight dollars if you just don't if you just let this story die um but so but so that's that's uh, interesting good news because android 12 does seem to be one of the most significant changes that android has undergone in quite a few years mm-hmm. mostly because of they this is the first time they've decided to take another look at the uh at the user interface design since they switched over to the material user interface so and they're putting material u everywhere like you know not only in the, the calculator yep. we got it in your gmail we've got it over here it's everywhere honey yep. it is everywhere all the and, and even if like i i imagine that some people who uh listen to this podcast are not android users they but they are google users still yeah there's no escaping material you like even like Gmail is going to have, actually, I think it's already started rolling out. This is the interface for everything. So if you, I actually, th- I actually think what I've used of it is, is very, very nice. But if you don't like material, you there's, there's not going to be much that you're going to like until you take whatever amount of alcohol is going to be necessary for you to forget that you don't like this. So best figure that out earlier mm-hmm. rather than later. Um, the other great thing that we're going to be looking forward to maybe in October uh, is the Pixel 6. Uh, Google released the first live video teaser of the Pixel 6. Remember that last month they had a really super controlled announcement where certain uh, blessed uh, golden sparkly individuals in the tech press and the YouTube community got uh, one-on-one meetings in which they got to... <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, they, they were under extreme limits. They couldn't photograph it. You they look, couldn't shoot but video. you can't touch. Right. right. It was, but again, it's still an opportunity to publish something that people are going to enjoy. So you have to go for it. Um, but this is the first one in actual video. It's a promo video. So it's not as though they uh, revealed anything brand new, but this is the first time you actually see this device in the hands of human beings for scale. You see it in and out of pockets for scale. So it gives you I some idea. They did the meme a couple days ago. Oh, no. Which one? Okay. Did you see the meme of, like, the pregnant woman and all the different colored, the pregnant woman emoji with all the different colored shirts? Oh, yeah. Well, I've, I've heard I've heard the, I haven't seen, this is, this is the evolution of memes. I did not see the original meme. I have seen one of the kajillion spinoff memes that the first meme right. produced. So it all comes from Drake, who is uh, unfortunately kind of problematic. He asked me about that offline, but he launched his album and that was the album cover. And so everybody memed it to the moon and back. And so I'm just here to say that Google also memed it with Material U, which honestly is very clever. <laughs> it's a very, very clever take on a meme that was just like rapidly firing off. So good for whoever came up with that. Oh, was that, um, was that the Instagram yes. post? Yes. Oh, okay. I That totally went over my head because the, the actual, the, the, the one part of all this that was 
maybe had some revelations in it was now for me being unfamiliar with the meme. All I saw was an Instagram post that had a grid of a three by four grid of a dozen uh, of a, a dozen uh, pixel sixes. I mean, Each, I'm pretty sure they were doing the meme. OK, I could be wrong. Each of the what, what <laughs> I, I got from wrong. it was that each one of them had a different wallpaper color. And of course, the you because this is material you the you, the user interface of the widgets and the clocks and stuff on each one of these had modified itself to integrate with that wallpaper color. So I saw it more as a hey, subtly speaking, look at how it, these are all the same, but they're all individual, just like we're all genetically the same, but we're still individuals. Peace, love, brownies, whatever. Um, oh, I would love a brownie right now. Actually, it sounds delicious. <laughs> but um, I I'm very curious how this is going to just sort of splay out to all the other different versions of Androids that exist out there. Yeah. Obviously Samsung's doing its own thing. OnePlus is doing its own thing. So I'm seeing a new fork on the horizon. <laughs> Maybe. I'm, yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm not, not quite there yet. So I can't make any. Which brings up the, 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 the disappointment date. Now the disappointment date, which is an annual Android holiday that I've just labeled right here and now wow. is the date in which, People who have purchased Google Pixel, Google branded phones, get the uh, the next version of the operating system, and everybody else is disappointed because they see everybody compl- uh, complaining and praising what they like about this new operating system, and they know that okay, I've got a two and a half year old Samsung, I might have to wait a year until I get this, or Samsung or AT and T might decide that I don't deserve to get this at all. I am disappointed. Uh, so there's, uh, I think it was Android Police that were the first people, at least, to point this out. That a, a little, actually, a little bit of puzzle logic that I actually praise. So each mm. one of these phones, uh, the uh, some of the 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 calendar, excuse me, the fo- the clock widgets uh, listed the current date as two for Tuesday nineteen, and the, and this could be significant because the time on each of these clocks was different. And not like because right. of time zones, but they so someone had made sure that they're all uh, set to the same Tuesday, the 19th, but not caring about what time. And so Android police went one step f- uh, further and determined that, well, the only remaining 19th of the month in uh, in uh, 2021 that falls on a Tuesday is October 19th. And that would be right. a launch date of Tuesday the 19th uh, twenty uh, in October would be consistent with other launch dates uh, that they have done. It is very, very close to Florence Ion's anniversary. So that mm-hmm. definitely exactly. tracks. So yep. that's interesting. So it could, it could be. I just want to say Pixel event around my anniversary, Google I.O. around my birthday. There you go. You're telling me this is this is not a conspiracy. This is real life, people. I think okay. Google likes you. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only other the only other thing that I haven't seen commented upon, however, is that in tiny, tiny, tiny type at the bottom of that Instagram photo is uh, ooh, but it, like some legal boilerplate that says oh, that there has been the F, this this, this uh, these are images of a device that has not yet been approved by the FCC for sale. So whatever it is, it hasn't been approved, hasn't gotten yeah, FCC approval yet. May not be sold or otherwise distributed. Wow. Yeah, that that, okay. that that might be why there aren't any. So I think that this means that 
we know that there aren't any in anybody's hands outside of Google right now because we're used to by the time that uh, by the time that a company uh, announces something and starts taking pre-orders, they've probably put phones in the hands of certain influencers and or journalists for a week or two. But now we know that okay, can't be in the next the release can't be in the next couple of weeks because they can't have they can't let people have them uh, because if it's not FCC approved, um, it does make sense that uh, Google would be bleh, uh, announce uh, putting out something like this right about now. Uh, Apple on Monday, I think it was, uh, announced that their big September event was going to be happening next yes. Tuesday, um, and all the recent reports from Apple and other people talking about whose market share between Android and uh, and the iPhone have been pointing out that iPhone has been stealing users from Android and certainly not vice versa. So this is probably a very good time to, for mm-hmm. Google to remind its own users that at least give us a month to, to you know, but don't, don't buy the new iPhone yet. Just, you know, don't jump ship. This might be the phone that you're looking for. You might like it better. Just what's it going to cost you to wait a month? Come on. Throw us a bone. So we'll 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 hope that that actually works. We're going to take right. another break, and now we're going to talk about ethics panels. Panels of ethicists. What kind of snacks do they provide for the conference room? But they know that they're going to be talking about ethics in artificial intelligence. Think about that, won't you? Well, we got some news from Reuters. Reuters of. Uh, uh, has a great story from Parrish Dave and Jeffrey Dastin talking about uh, some of the in- internal stories about the work that Google's artificial intelligence ethics committees uh, have been doing behind the scenes, as well as its counterparts at Microsoft and IBM, and points out a lot of, uh, I don't know, g- good news on a very material sense, uh, less encouraging news on a more academic sense uh, that these ethics commit ethics committees that were formed to make sure that this brand new technology of artificial intelligence was being applied in ways that aren't going to be malevolent for, uh, for humanity. Uh, they seem to be doing its job. Uh, you'll remember that the uh, uh, Google established its, uh, its formal AI ethics panel, uh, I think in 2018, mostly in response to, employee uproar over news that Google AI was going to be helping out the drone program in Afghanistan with the U.S. military. Um, but th- this is this has some uh, stories that all three of these companies seemingly were very, very happy to share because it does show a system that is working. Mostly it's systems where, hey, here's an opportunity to create a new billion-dollar opportunity, but a group of 20 people told told the, the sales and marketing people, no, we're not going to get into this business. And that became official policy. But let's get into specifics. Uh, they were talking about uh, in September uh, of last year, uh, Google's AI committee spent weeks uh, discussing a proposal or a request that a client had made and it concerned the development of an artificial intelligence-based tool that would help this financial firm determine the creditworthiness of loan applicants. So they would be using, they wanted an artificial intelligence tool that would help them decide whether or not to give a person a loan or not. 
Uh, and here I'm going to quote the article directly. Mm. Uh, Google's unit anticipated AI-based credit scoring could become a market worth billions of dollars a year and wanted a foothold. I think unit, we're talking about the, the sales department or the, the, the business end of the AI uh, unit. Uh, but continuing, however, its ethics committee of about 20 managers, social scientists, and engineers who review potential deals unanimously voted against the project at an October meeting. Uh, the AI system would need to learn from past data and patterns, the committee concluded, and thus risk repeating discriminatory practices from around the world against people of color and other marginalized groups. Uh, what's more, the committee, internally known as Lemonade, uh, enacted a policy to skip all financial services deals related to creditworthiness until such concerns could be resolved. Uh, that's not to the only story. The article also spot, uh, spotlighted two other Google Cloud and AI ethics committees whose conclusions led actually to an overhaul of an existing Google AI service. Um, uh, in 2015, Google had released an AI-based service that uh, could categorize facial expressions and photos by emotions. So it could not just tell you that there are four faces in this photo, but it could also tell you that face number one is uh, showing sorrow. Another face is showing surprise. Another is showing joy. Uh, but this came up for review both on the cloud and the ethics uh, and the AI ethics teams. And both panels agreed that the, this is problematic because the meaning behind facial expressions does vary from culture to culture. And therefore, this tool was irresponsible in its existing incarnation. Uh, and so, in fact, Google actually halted an existing plan to add 13 new emotions to the, its list of identifiers. Uh, Google executives told uh, Reuters on the record that the company is even considering dropping that tool altogether in favor of one that instead of trying to describe the emotion, it simply describes the facial expression in a neutral fashion uh, and doesn't attempt to interpret the emotion behind it. So all, all this is, like I said earlier, it's encouraging because, great, we've got concrete examples of uh no joke. These could have been really, really big business opportunities. It worries me that Amazon is not mentioned anywhere in here. Uh, and it makes me want to take a look at their own AI business to see that, oh, well, so did this financial services company ask Amazon's AI unit, hi, we would like you to create a magical tool that lets us provide context for turning down loan applications without having any good reason to do so. Uh, but the uh, the potential worrisome part of that is that you have to remember that uh, IBM, uh, Google, uh, Microsoft, none of these companies were under any legal obligation to run these ideas past any sort of ethics panels. Um, this could change. Many governments in the U.S. and worldwide have added ethical AI oversight to that big wish list of new controls they'd like to have over tech companies. As a matter of fact, yesterday or Wednesday, as we record this, uh, the United States Department of Commerce announced the formation of a brand new committee to advise the president and federal agencies specifically on AI issues. Uh, the On the press release, Eric Lander, who's the director of the White House Office of Science Technology, said, we have seen major advances in the design, development, and use of artificial intelligence, especially in the past several years. We must be sure that these advances are matched by similar progress in ensuring that AI is trustworthy and that it ensures fairness and protections for civil rights. 
uh, members of the panel have not been named yet, but they're going to include members from academia, industry, nonprofits, and the federal sector. Well, it's good to know that the panel that they put together is actually doing the work it should be doing, and it's somewhat effective. But I also, uh, why does this exist in the first place? That's sort of like what happens in the back of my mind. And I was sort of reacting to all of that and just thinking about, God, why? Why does this technology need to exist in the first place? Hmm. It's it's racist. <laughs> just yep. to the core of it all, it's racist. Um, it's And it's weird to me that this is something that you would, uh, well, it's weird to me, an individual, a human being, individual, not a corporation and, you know, a company, I guess, just chasing the money. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a scary thing because everybody, big, big business more than anybody else, they want the magic tool. They want the magic wand and they are convinced that, oh, we'll throw this really high tech thing at this problem. This artificial intelligence, machine learning, blockchain powered with the social component to it are going to allow us to figure out where we uh, where properties need to be torn down and where properties need to be developed. Or they're going to tell us who uh, <laughs> it's going to look at the fonts, font choices of uh, of resumes sent to by job applicants and decide which ones by machine learning and artificial intelligence and blockchains suggests that this person is shifty and would probably be stealing Sharpies and Post-its from the company supply closet and therefore will never have an opportunity to even advance forward in the job hiring process. <sighs> and there are people who will, who will sell this sort of stuff. Uh, the, FT, the FTC did go out of its way a few months ago, the, the new FTC rather, saying that, hey, look, if you are doing shifty things with technology, if you're promising an AI product that is will tell you whether or not uh, with uh, with surveillance video of employees that hey this guy is almost certainly stealing from the company uh, unless you're gonna have if you think that you don't have to prove that because there's no law specifically prohibiting you from doing that guess again because we are the FTC part of our mandate and our legal power is to control. Uh, Make sure that the claims being made by any product or service being sold actually are real and not just simply hokum. So we will come after you if you are trying to make promises that your software cannot actually uh, actually come through. They they even made they even said that part of their brief is to make sure that there is uh, fairness here. Uh, that uh, there isn't that there certain tools aren't being used to exploit. Uh, or overlook certain parts of society. So there's hope there, but I th- this is this is why I get into I get into uh, I get into some arguments with friends and technology over this because I I I am not necessarily eager for governor government to con- be in control of technology, but we are definitely in a place where they need outside regulators to give them rules to go by. One of the actually one of the conclusions one of the revelations from this Reuters article is that the members of these ethics panel are like, no, no, we, we would love it if the government not, not necessarily handcuffed us, but gave us guidelines that we are expected to meet because that gives us another tool in our arsenal when we're trying to make these, uh, make these arguments. In conclusion, I have surmised that a lot of this stuff can't just be solved by tech companies. Yeah. 
somehow it's not a culture that breeds good, solid, moral architecture. Well, it's also that's they're operating from the ground that they came from. And so all that foundation was already there. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh. Well, before we go, let's let's uh, make everybody concerned about uh, how big tech companies such as Google are pulling the the carpet from underneath all of society by destroying access to ample supplies of clean water. Uh, Google apparently is feeling guilty about something. They announced a brand new environmental initiative today uh, regarding how the company uses water. This is a big blog post uh, that announces that they're pledging, quote, a water stewardship target to replenish mm-hmm. more water than we consume by 2030 and support water security in communities where we operate. Uh, the post goes into, uh, shall we say, breezy lack of detail uh, about how much water Google uses and how it uses it. It does talk about uh, the sort of usage that pretty much any home in a upper middle class suburban neighborhood uses water that to drink with, to wash with, to water lawns with, uh, but also highlights that, uh, yeah, all of those servers all over the world, they need to be cooled by something. And because they're since 1905 would be illegal for them to hire little children with, with fans on poles to fan each of these servers. They feel as though uh, water is the best way to cool those. And well, has you know, when you build server farms in the middle of the high desert and it's like 110 degrees either, yeah. and extremely dry every single day, I mean, that's the best environment for a computer to operate and GPU to run through the numbers. <laughs> and in Google's case, TPU processors. Yeah. And I suppose in a desert, you already have people who are very concerned that, well, we need water as well to mm-hmm. bathe our children. <laughs> why, why is it all being diverted towards Google? And in Vegas, they needed to water the golf uh, golf courses. <laughs> Sorry, that was grim. Anyway. Um, but you had, you had you a really saying. good you had a really good post on uh, on Gizmodo about this that I really enjoyed. Thank you, Andy. It was I don't often write about climate and things of the sort, but uh, I did fill in for Earther today, which is one of the the arms and the legs <laughs> of uh, the Gizmodo crew that covers science and um, and climate. And the thing is, like, I live in a state that is experiencing extreme drought right now. Um, I am in a state that is suffering weird water regulations. In fact, one of the nearby counties just recently instituted a uh, water ration, 75 gallons a day per person in the household, which I don't know if you've ever like really thought about how many gallons your household uses in a day between let's say giving the kid a bath to washing the dishes and maybe doing a lot of laundry, like these things all add up. Um, in Google's case, they add up to, did you know that they use like 1.5 million gallons a day of water <laughs> a day across, across all of Google or, or for server for, from my understanding is this is just for this one of the server farms in oh, South man. Carolina. It was like a it was like a figure that I was reading because, um, yeah, I learned a lot about this today because I did the ride up. And I think part of part of the issue is what got me fired up is that earlier today on Earther, there was an article about how oil companies have been sort of woke washing, quote unquote, right. um, 
what they're essentially doing, how they're contributing to climate change. It's, you know, it's why Chevron is always contributing its funds to your local like PBS affiliate, because, you know, they want you to think that they are doing some good in the world. Look, they're funding public education. We're bringing you those That's, wonderful Bob Ross videos that you, your children like to which, make Which, by the way, go about. see that documentary on Netflix because it's dark. <laughs> there's some darkness there. I just want to say. I'm sorry to ruin it for y'all, but there's some darkness. Anyway, <laughs> everything is ruined by capitalism, actually, is yeah. a great way to put it because it's exactly what the Bob Ross documentary is about. Um, just to put it in relation here. Yeah, it just feels... It, the other thing that I didn't realize is that there's actually Google's been under scrutiny for years for going into drought-stricken communities and bringing in these server farms. And we kind of have to think about it ourselves as consumers of these products because the server farms are all, I mean, we we use Google Docs to do our podcast right. notes. <laughs> this page that you and I have open on each end is pinging somewhere at a server in Arizona or wherever it may be. And when you start to think about that and the amount of times that you ping these servers and the amount of times you do a Google search and the amount of times you ask one of your smart displays or smart speakers to do something, <laughs> you can really go down that rabbit hole of just incredibly feeling guilty for <laughs> contributing to Anyway, yeah, it, it really it really is an indication that it's it's easy not to understand exactly what the environmental impact of of all of these services are just just because we, we, we have memories of, you know, stock footage of the horrible industrial age in the 20s and the 30s where just, you know, the stock footage of ooh, this factory that's just belching smokestacks of coal dust yeah. into the air and oh here's this paper plant that's dumping things right into the water supply and oh isn't it great that we're smarter than that without appreciating yeah, that yeah that. there's yeah here's here's how much of the worldwide's energy supply is being consumed by services that are not helping everybody equally even though the environmental impact of that much energy consumption is going to uh, hurt people that it's not that this technology is not benefiting disproportionately mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. the more awareness the better so the more more things to more to, you have to you have to understand what kind of skin we're putting in the game collectively by wanting to be able to put have cat access to cat videos on demand and be able to know yeah. oh show me videos of cats with orange faces and have an ai figure that out for us yeah, and I think just to quickly add, the other big thing about this announcement was the fact that um, Google promised it would replenish water by 120%. And that was kind of like the big declaration that was like, okay, listen, Microsoft, Apple, Google, you all said you're going to have these initiatives by 2030. You're going to cut back on your use. That's great. Collectively, what they're doing is is good. The fact that Google is pledged to use uh, wastewater and uh, seawater and basically used water, so to speak, instead of drinking water that people need. Um, but the idea of replenishing 120% of a water supply that is not already organically replenishing just seems... How, how do you get that figure? Where yeah. does the water come from? And so... This is where it really it starts to kind of fall apart a little bit, and yep. you know you start to see this for what it really is meant to be, which mm. is a 
you know, a good faith blog post. Yeah, the, 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 the post on the keyword blog is a three minute read. It's very skimpy. It's a surety. You're, you're used to, I'm used to seeing press releases like this that are meaningful tend to link to, oh, and by the way, here's an academic paper that goes, yeah. that goes, or, uh, that goes into, that explains some of the problems. We have also published a white paper that is in less publicly uh, accessible language, but will explain the science about what we're talking about. A lot of this is just please believe us that we are aware of this and we're doing something. Uh, and boy, 120% does sound like a large number, does it not, Mr. and Mrs. America? Okay, good for you. Um, we're pretty much out of time. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna take an, one more minute though to uh, alert some people about something that's kind of important. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it more next week. Uh, it turns out that there's a widespread bug in the uh, Google in the Android clock app, the Google Stock clock app, uh, that uh, people are setting alarms and they're not going off. So in s- with the with the <laughs> horrible side effect that they're getting additional hours of life affirming blissful sleep when they were meant to be spending this time having their stomachs tying in knots of anxiety due to stresses of meetings and white knuckle commutes. We can't have that. Um, Google uh, this is a uh, Reddit post uh, started off uh, these first complaints and a lot of people saying, oh, no, I, I that happened to me, too. It just didn't the, the alarm just didn't go off. Google initially uh, responded by saying that we're we'll have a bug fix for this soon. We think this has to do with Spotify integration. Just switch your alarm tone from a, whatever Spotify playlist you're using to a standard system, a system alarm. Which is nice, but I did check the uh, official bug tracker, the Google issue, issue tracker entry about this, and not only is there continuing bugs being filed as of like today, this morning, but a lot of the people are responding by saying, "Hey, I'm not using Spotify. I'm not using. I'm using standard system, and it still didn't turn on." Don't know if that was user error or not, but maybe until we have a good explanation of what's happening and how it's being fixed, you might want to count on something else to wake you up or download a third party clock or alarm app. Uh, I, again, we can't get into this in complete detail, but it's important enough that, you know, if I, if, if I, if I had my opportunity to like get my picture taken with George Lucas, but I have to be up at six thirty AM to make the shuttle train oh, shuttle to get there, be... I would be so mad Ooh, at a phone that didn't You're giving wake me, me up. anxiety right now. My heart is palpitating. Uh, Just thinking about the stress. Don't do that to me. <laughs> well, but that will do it for us this week. Uh, Flo, anything other than that, that, that great uh, water article that uh, you want people to put their eyeballs on? Yeah, just a reminder, my Nest Cam review went up earlier oh, this yes, week yes. on the Labor Day holiday. So if you want to go read that, my author page on Gizmodo, you can get there easily, flowrights.tech. Type that into your browser. Um, also, my website, florenceion.com, has links to all my social media, plus my Discord, if you're interested in joining a helpful and nice community. <laughs> lovely um as usual if you spell my last name correctly you can check me out on twitter and instagram where you will see things up to the second commentary on things tech related and non-tech related i'm also on wgbh boston's npr station uh, almost every friday usually at 1 p.m talking about the tech news stories of the week 
you can go to wgbhnews.org to stream it either live or later on just do a google just do a search on the site for my name and it'll turn up usually exactly the places where i start talking about technology uh well thank you everybody for listening to our show this week we hope you listen to us again next week until then have a happy safe and healthy seven days everybody bye everybody 